Hello and welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Trish Brewer. And I'm John Brewer. And we're here today with a very special day. I'm very excited about today. You want to know why, Jobby? Why is that? Because we're going to be watching Freaky. Yeah, this just and looks good. It, I, we've been looking forward to seeing it for a while. Yeah. So before we get started, so we know, okay, just to give the, um, the, the short prompt, I'm going to go ahead and do that. It's a 2020 movie. I think it came out during COVID, so it didn't really come out. Um, it, the, the small prompt on HBO Max is, a teen magically swaps bodies, bodies with a serial killer in this entertaining genre-bending horror comedy. Yeah. So obviously we love horror, horror comedies. comedies. Yes. Now, have you ever seen Freaky Friday? Or any of the various renditions that um, Yeah, I've seen... I remember the 80s ones, like Vice Versa, uh-huh. with Judge Reinhold. Yep. I had seen that one, and that one's a good one. And then um, there's a Corey Haim one. Yeah. Dream a Little Dream. Is yeah. that the one? I can't remember. It was a, a Corey's vehicle. Yeah. Now, did you ever see Freaky Friday? I don't think so. So the ones that involve women, you don't watch. No. You only watch the Brosif ones. No, I was just trying to think of ones that came out when I watched those kind of movies. Yeah, because you don't really watch... I don't watch... You watch IJ movie and horror. And comedy and horror, basically. But I'm not going to watch a teen... Like, when did that movie come out? Because it's Lindsay Lohan, right? I can't remember who the other girl is, but I know that it's um, the person that's not... I think it's Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. But that came out when I was an adult. Oh, it did, because you're old man. I'm not gonna watch like a teenager movie when I'm okay. 20, 20 years well, old. Well, I mean, clearly a this is harkening back to both being a teenage movie, Freaky Friday, and it's got a nice mix of the the genders. I've not, I don't remember seeing a, this type of film, uh, being that kind of swap between male um, and female. Rob Schneider did one. Of course he did. The Hot Chick. Oh, that was Rob Schneider. I've seen that one. This is the remake of the Rob Schneider <laughs> film, Hot Chick. Um, so before we get started, so on the, the, the subject of comedy, we're about to have Professor Gross's philosophy hour, but it's only going to be like two minutes or five minutes. I swear. Are you excited about it? Yep. You gotta be, cause you're taking one of my classes. So you, this is like you, your practice. Okay. Um, again, John is not getting any special treatment by being my husband and blah, blah, blah. So something just happened. I just poured just a quick brewer's brew. I'm only having one beer tonight. And so I'm having the Belgian Session Ale, Love is Ale You Need, that that. you made for our wedding. Um, And what was very funny about this beer when, uh, when, oh, geez, I messed up my manicure doing that. I touched my manicure against my wedding ring, John, and the manicure's ruined. Um, So (laughs) it's so sparkly. But what was so funny about this beer at our wedding? Um, it, it appears that somebody had shaken up the case or dropped the case of beers it was in before it got uh, served. Yeah. And uh, a lot of them, probably all of them, exploded with foam when the soon as they <laughs> Exploded with foam. Well, guess what happens when you open them now? Oh, uh, they're fine. They explode with foam. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> foam oh. got everywhere. I mean, didn't get because I still was able to get. I've got like almost half a glass, and well, I think that must have been slightly less than half a bottle under fermented when I bottled it. Yeah, so it's got. I mean, I only Lucky lost mistake. about 
a third of the bottle. Now, mm. one of these did explode down there. No, wait, one of the cashmere ones exploded down the basement. Oh, that's odd. Yeah, I don't know. I think I still think a cat has something to do with it. That's probably it. Um, so in any have case, been down there for a long time. Yeah. So in any case, that happens today, and it reminded me of something. So I thought I would teach you a little bit about Immanuel Kant and the sublime, and more specifically, laughter. So Kant is one of these old fogey philosophers that only boring people like, except he's the funniest philosopher. He's so funny. Is he the one who came up with the joke, I just can't? <laughs> no, wow. but he has like a really great pun in the third, uh, what is it called? The third critique or whatever. Um, and in it, it's this huge thick tome. And in the, in the introduction is one of the most dense philosophical texts I've ever read. And in it, he gives this list of three. And all these philosophers always time... You know, it's comedy rule of threes. It's philosophy yep. rule of th threes. You always give a list of threes. And so Kant has a footnote in his introduction to this, like, super intense introduction to this super long text. And in it, he says, my, you know, my critics always like to say I give lists of threes. I don't do that. Let me give three reasons why. And come yeah. on. That's, like, that's good. Yeah. That's some good comedy right there. And it's all, like, super dense philosophy stuff, but it's, like... A joke, and it's awesome. So in the same text, like in the end, in the end of it, it's pretty far down, he's talking about humor, and he gives this kind of theory of laughter and what makes something funny, right? And he says what makes something funny is not that you have an expectation for something and the opposite happens. Like you expect one thing and the opposite thing happens. It's that you're expecting something, and then the bottom falls out of your expectation. And what that means is kind of like, that's how I describe it anyway, is basically like, it's not that the opposite happened, it's that something you would never expect happens. And that's what makes things funny because you're having this sort of like, you're, you're belly flopping, you know, because you're like, this weird thing happens that where it's like, you're expecting one thing and you get nothing or the op not the opposite. You just get something completely out of the realm of comparison of what you're expecting. So he gives these three examples of jokes. Now, he is famously good in a party. Women loved him. He was a weird little virgin man. But women loved this guy. He was so funny. Right? He was great yeah. at parties and flirting and stuff like that. So he gives these three jokes. And one of the jokes is... it's And it takes place in India. Right? And it, they're at a... Like, it's British officers at a sultan's palace. And they brought him beer. Like ginger beer or something. Right? And they open up the beer and it fizzes all out. Right? And the sultan laughs and he says, but how do you get the bubbles back in? Ah? Yeah, okay. Okay. So would you say that's a funny joke? No. No. Why not? Because it doesn't make any sense. It does make any sense and it's kind of dumb, right? Yeah. But this guy who's telling you about a theory of humor that he's a known funny person right, is telling you his theory about what humor is and gives three jokes that are equally terrible. So what he's done is he's told you what humor is, which is when you're expecting something and you get the opposite. It's not it's not when you're expecting something and get the opposite. It's your, when you're expecting something and then like the like something else happens all together, right? Not the opposite on a continuum, but just something else entirely. And what he does is he says he's going to give you three great jokes and then he gives you three like what the F things. Yeah. Not even unfunny jokes. They're not jokes. And that's what's funny. It's like triply meta. Okay. All right. Anyway, 
I thought about that. That was maybe maybe four minutes. I don't know. Okay, so we're watching Freaky. Do you want to tell us about the people that are in this wonderful film? Well, it stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton as the main the body switchers. No, Vince Vaughn, Wedding Crashers. Which I didn't like. You didn't like it? Okay. I think Old School is the only movie I liked by him. Which was weird because like when this when I first heard of this, I'm like, a Vince Vaughn body switch, no thank you. Yeah. But it was um, hearing people talk about it on Doug Loves Movies. I was like, wow, maybe this is actually a good one. Then I saw the the trailers and I'm like, this does actually look really good. I am both very excited and I'm kind of scared to see him play a serial killer. Now, we're going to see Vince Vaughn in Psycho. Which there's, has a masturbation scene that's very gross. And, that, and we're going to have to just deal with it as a couple. Okay? As a, as a husband and wife, we're going to have to deal with this nonsense. But I don't know how many straight men he's been in the sense of like being the straight man character or a bad guy um uh, i mean he's kind of shitty in uh wedding crashers by lying to all these women for sex but uh but in the case of this film we get to see him both as scary serial killer and as teenage girl trapped in a vince bond body yeah and he's so really he's so absurdly tall and she's so little and we've seen her in a couple things too i don't think i have I think we have. Okay, so... Well, I've seen her in uh, Paranormal Activity 4. Yeah. But I do not remember her, per se, yeah. in that movie. But I know I've seen that movie. Yeah. And um, I just happened to look at her list of uh, credits. Yeah. And it's... Um, I think I've seen Bad Teacher. Yeah. Param- Paranormal Activity 4. And that is it. She was in Lady Bird and Three Billboards <laughs> Outside of Missouri... In the same freaking year. Those are good movies. She was in Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which I really enjoyed. Um, (laughs) It was so good. Uh, She was in from 2014 to 2018. She played Claire Novak on Supernatural, baby. Crossover episodes. Except okay. we won't get to that se- those seasons for a very long time. That was super loud. I'm going to put it through the level or it'll be fine. Yikes. Charlene put the... Just be careful this time. I probably could... I'll send Charlene a text uh, <laughs> before this one comes out. Steven probably needs it to be loud because okay. he's old. So that's how you know her. Yes. She is... Okay, she's playing a teenage in this, right? I guess so, yeah. Oh, I guess 24 is not a crazy stretch. She's yeah. 24 now. Okay. 24, it was filmed, but she's 24 now, but she was probably like 21 when it was filmed. It would have been filmed in 2020. No, it was probably filmed before 2020 if it came out in 2020. It's probably filmed in 2019 at least. Let me see here. It was theatrically released on November 13th, 2020. It premiered on October 8th, 2020. So... It wouldn't have been... I imagine that it was probably filmed and, like, with the... with It was probably filmed oh, when she here. was, in like, 20 or 21. Yeah, this was... Uh, production began Who? in October 22? of 2019. There you go. About a year before it came well, that's out. That's when production started. Okay. Well, should we get going? And it was originally going to be called Freaky Friday the 13th. Oh... But, Man, that would have been cool. Okay, but, well, it has a six point four on IMDb. Yeah, that's a pretty is, good rating. How many? How many reviews? Um, forty thousand. Dang. Okay. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, 
It is an 84% for wow. critic and an 80% on audience score. Well, I'm expecting a lot. I have, so. I've, we've seen the previews for this a couple times, but I have not looked into it anymore. Do you want to share with us some information uh, before we get going? As far as the plot or... Oh, uh, maybe not the plot, but I well, think, it's rated R, guys. I think the plot is pretty, uh, it's just... Freaky Friday with horror. I want you to read me a tomato, a bad tomato, and a good tomato. Okay, well here's the top two. A good one is keyed into its worldview and has fun with it, with it in clever ways. It walks the line so so delicately. I was happily taken aback by this one. That was Robbie Cullen. Nice. And then the top critic with the negative is Kevin Mayer, who says this film has its moments, but it can't Vince Vaughn as a device of diminishing returns. <laughs> That doesn't even... Okay. All right, so we get going? Sure, let's do that. That was an awesome beginning. It was. Nine minutes and 31 seconds in. There's been a lot of killings. That was my phone. So I'm very... I should probably put my phone on silent, huh? Last time it was old Trish. John just cut me a look. It's always you. It's always no it's not always me it's sometimes you um so i thought it's only been like two minutes it was so intense and good yeah those were some uh some very straight up brutal killings yes not like you expect from well i suppose tucker and dale had some pretty it's like come on too. freak me take freaky take me out for dinner first don't like just no actually it was really good it was straight into the point do you want to give a quick uh, recap of what's It was happened. four teenagers hanging out at, the, at one of the kids' houses. On October 11th. Yep. It's a Wednesday, Wednesday the 11th. Yeah. And they were talking about this, uh, like, folklore tale of of the butcher that kills during homecoming weeks. And, and it is homecoming week. Yeah. And uh, he did not... a lesson. He did not take long to kill all four of them and various gruesome ways yes grabs a pretty cool mask very reminiscent of jason Voorhees. so we don't see him until the very end but i gotta say or at least until the very end of the scene when he takes off the mask to find a mystical dagger that's in a glass case that is then i'm guessing it's going to be the magical dagger that makes them switch bodies yes i think so I have that hunch as well. What's interesting to me is that the girl that was not into the party, that didn't want to hook up with people, killed second. So, like, the virgin was killed out of order. Yeah. Which I'm into. Okay, dog. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Hi, puppy. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's, it's, it's already at a pretty good start. The parents come home. They're like, I, did you see that car at the end of the driveway? Well, my daughter, she's going to be in so much trouble if... <sighs> Yeah. Because it's like this insane mansion full of like antiquities and fancy wines and just crazy expensive stuff. And now four dead teenagers. Now four dead teens to add to the collection. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. Oh my God, I love this movie so much already. <laughs> We're 14 minutes in now. So it was we, all five minutes went by. Yeah, five minutes went by, but we've established quite a lot. We found the main character, who is Claire, and that's the only thing I'm going to call her, because she's Claire from Supernatural. And she uh, she has an alcoholic mom. Her older sister is a cop mm-hmm. who has had to go pretty early on in the morning. Mom has made banana pancakes, but apparently has also had an entire bottle of Chardonnay in the morning. Yeah, as one does. Yeah, and so 
Claire is really happy and is really nice to her mom and thanks for the pancakes and apparently is skipping like her homecoming dance so yep. that she can go to the regional play with her mom. Yep. Now, did you go to homecoming? Uh, no. I didn't either. Why didn't you go? Because I didn't care about it. Me neither. I didn't care at all. I mean, I went to prom three times. I went but... to prom once. <laughs> and then got kicked out forever. Shh. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty intense thing um, uh, that just happened. Like, her friends are all, like, really into her. It's just, like, she's got, you know, the gay friend and the black friend, which is always, like, what happens in um, in Hallmark movies. Where it's like, you gotta go to the prom, you gotta go to the party, you gotta go and like, and meet a man, let's dress you up and meet a man. I'm so invested in your love life and I have no life of my own. That being said, um, the, uh, the girl, the female friend, uh, was kind of, you know, we had some exposition here and she very kindly said, you know, you can't just keep living for your mom, you gotta go on and we've established that dad is dead. Yes. And we're gonna move on from there. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't sound racist, racist when I said the thing about her being black, right? No, I think they do that a lot in these movies, especially with teen movies, it seems, where they have to, where they blatantly try to cover all their bases for races and sexual orientation yeah. of, of just the diversity and who's there. So it's, Yeah, I don't know. And it's also kind of, sometimes I just feel like it's the, look at all these freaks hanging out together. A gay man and a black woman and 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 a, and a white teen because they're not cool. I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as just trying to cover all their bases. I think so. that's how it's happened in, in a lot in like in movies and TV shows where it's like where they're the well, outsiders. I think it happened a lot in the eighties and nineties, like yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, where all the nerds were like it was the kid who was in college when he's sixteen. Yeah, there was the gay black man. Mm-hmm. You know the the Asian kid. Yeah. You know, it was like, that's how they did it back then. Yeah, and now I think, I mean, it's kind of, I'm not like, it's the trope of you have three friends. And I think that's what's important for after what's going to happen later on, right, from the previews, right? And it's like you have two friends and the third, right? Often, if you, and, and now thinking about having one of the male friends be gay, is you don't have the problem of one of the females having to be in love with the male friend. Okay, I, didn't right? think, I wasn't thinking that deeply into it. I'm thinking of Harry Potter rules. Uh, I don't watch. <laughs> I never watched I any know. of those. We'll have to talk about the triads of that kind of thing later, okay? All right. Let's get on. Well, John B., we got ourselves a Freaky Friday up in here. Yeah, we're 25 minutes in. 25 minutes in. I've been having a great time. I've actually completely turned around on these two friends and whether or not it's like awkward representation because this kid really reminds us of one of ours. Yes. And the friend group is almost identical. Yep. So I think that I, I'm going to back off of that. She is pretty um, socially awkward. People make fun of her for no reason. Yeah. There's a lot of really jockey white kids, which is kind of our area. The mean kids are sometimes are the jockey white kids that are sometimes. in sports. Sometimes. Sometimes there are kids that are the mean kids. Yeah, probably. Sometimes I'm the mean kid. <laughs> That's most of the time. Um. So, yeah, basically she is dressed up as a beaver. And yeah. then a bunch of guys. I'm sorry? Well, she is the school mascot. She's the school mascot, and the football people are mean to her, and they make fun of her beaver. 
and like and all that stuff. And I think you said something interesting about what you're looking forward to about what's going to happen. Revenge oh. style. Yeah, I think it's going to be a way for she's going to have revenge through this killer in her body. Yeah, like killing all the people that are mean to her because. They're going to be mean to Vince Vaughn. Yep, they're going to be mean to the wrong person, and he's going to murder them. So, we, of course, we had the spooky knife. It was actually really cool when the knife went up. The moon It was a full moon, so, like, because it's full moon on Friday the 13th. Yep. And so it's accidentally, like, probably the exact thing that was needed yep. for, this, for this, like, particular thing. And, like, the ground turned into the top of a Mayan temple. As the knife went into her shoulder, it went into Vince Vaughn's shoulder, but it was her. Yeah. Suddenly, it was Vince Vaughn. It's a little Freaky Friday thing. Um, I'm really intrigued by this. And one thing that's interesting to me is the idea of... So, what's the knife for? Is it so that you know that if you make the sacrifice, which the god wants, it also kills you? So, you're making a double sacrifice. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay, really quick. I spoke too soon. Yeah. Will you explain what happened? Well, you were saying how they had like their Freaky Friday moment, but it was seemed odd the way she was hugging her mom. And yeah. Laying in a bathtub with a washcloth over her face. It didn't scream serial killer to me. Yeah. But it looks like they were having, she was having a nightmare. And then as soon as the clock hit midnight, they made like a magical yeah. switch. Because the actual attack was on the 12th. Yep. The evening of the 12th, it was the next day. And now it's... I mean, he's kind of lucky that he found a little girl, or like a teenager, just out and about. I guess he's just wondering for opportunities. Yeah. Now he's got a cool mask and a knife. And well, he a, doesn't have the knife anymore. And a vagina. Now he has a vagina, no mask, no knife, but a lot of opportunities. Yeah. All right. We had another murder. Yeah, 41 minutes in. Well, we've been watching this for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So uh, so the switch has happened, and I was all hope, like looking forward to Vince Vaughn. And it turns out, no, it's Claire. Claire, 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 Claire. She is so good. <laughs> that actress is playing like Kane Hodder. Yeah. She's got the walk down and... She's got the walk down, which is like, she's walking really... Not only is it an unusual walk, but she's also walking with the wrong center of gravity for a woman. But she also dresses sexy in order to be good at murder. Yeah. She's already murdered Ryler. Yeah, what a what a name. I'm, it is quite the name. But Ryler is the, um, the person that really likes telling tales, and she, like, after... The, f the first people were murdered, she, like, was on Insta saying, like, oh, I'm so sad that my friends are dead with her, like, fake running makeup and stuff. And so she immediately after what happened to who I'm calling Claire is trying to, like, you know, get her to spl spill the beans. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so it took her a few ways to figure out how she wanted to murder. I guess her. It took Claire mur murder Claire. Murder Claire? I guess so. Uh, Murder Claire, it took her a little while to figure out how she wanted to kill her. She didn't like any of the stuff that was around. So she put her in a cryogenic chamber. Yeah, which is odd in a high school. But it's the oh. cryo-athletics, so it's kind of like a... I guess they have a fancy football team, so you go in and you help your stuff. She managed to somehow short-circuit the system and make it go 
probably in a direction it shouldn't have gone. It's a negative 300 degrees Celsius. I don't know a lot about science, but that seems like it's too cold for people. It's, it's much too cold for people. <sighs> Lola looks so freaking cute right now. She okay. looks like a skeleton in some ways. What? Because she's white. Okay. And sometimes the way she looks, you can see her bones. I don't know what you're talking about. Anywho, should we keep going? Yeah. It's so good. Well, we've had two, another great murder. Yeah. And two really fun scenes. And we're 52 minutes in. And we're 52 minutes in. So Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn girl, has had to convince his friends who he is. Yes. His friends figure it out because he does the beaver dance. And then he does their handshake. Or... Yes. And there's the great line of like, you're black and I'm gay. We're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a nice little like touching on it. I think that line was in the trailer. Yes. Um, and so they figured things out. They figured out what the knife was. They had to go to the Spanish teacher, get the knife translated. And they found out that the ritual has to be completed in order for the transformation to be reversed. Yeah, within 24 hours of the beginning. And there's only nine hours left. Or it's permanente. Permanente. Um, now, meanwhile, uh, Claire, Murder Claire, has killed the shop teacher. Yep. Who is played by none other than your butt. Who is played by a person <laughs> whose name I pulled up and then it promptly forgot. It's the dude from uh, Alan Ruck. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's played by, by Alan Ruck from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. He's only 65 now. He's not 75. No, I was, when you said the guy from Ferris Bueller, I thought you were talking about the teacher. Oh, yeah. Bill Nye? Bill Nye? Yeah. No. I think it's Bill Nye in, um, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, Bill Nye started on Almost Live. Let's see. Ferris Bueller Day <laughs> you're gonna Off. Wanna, you're going to want to uh, edit this Cast out. is your butt. You're going to want to edit this out. It's your butt. Let's see. There's the principal that's kind of a um, creep. Oh, I forgot Gar- I forgot that Charlie Steen was in it. And Ben Stein. Ben Stein. It's he's Ben on, Stein, not Bill Nye. He's not goes Bueller. That's who I was thinking of because I was Bueller. thinking of Ben Stein like, uh, what is that? Do you know more than Ben Stein or something? Oh, win Ben Stein's money. Win Ben Stein's money, yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, she has killed the, the shop teacher and has learned that she's not as strong as she was. And at the same, in the scene right before, uh, Vince Vaughn girl has learned that he's, she, he, she's way stronger than, than he thought he was. So, like, he's, like, throwing his friends around by accident and then, like, scares, like, the kid that's been mean to him and bullying him and stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. Yep, and, uh, yeah, so let's keep going. Yeah. We're an hour and eight minutes in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just continue. Oh, I just find it odd that the sister is a cop. They need to get the knife out of evidence. Yep. And they don't think they can convince her that. They haven't even mentioned it. They're running from her. Yeah, but they've convinced everybody else. Yep. Who they know. Yep. That this is what happened. Yeah, so... The sister... I mean, he would definitely know things about the sister that nobody else would know. Yeah. And it would be pretty simple to do. Why haven't they tried that? That's a great question. Maybe because of the gun thing? No, they haven't established it. They've been running from the sister. 
Um, they have, the- like, they've gotten the other teen, the, the boy that Millie has a crush on, Millie is Claire. Um, they've gotten the, uh, the teen that she has a crush on, and he's a part of it now. Um, and the reason was because they uh, had gone to a place to try to save his life because they're trying to stop evil Claire from, you know, murdering everybody. But right? if, if Millie in Vince Vaughn's body just yep. hides, yep. the three teens go and talk to the sister. Yeah. Not going to shoot the teenagers. Yeah. And they explain it to him. Yeah. And just say, let it, you know, give us a shot. And she'd be able to recite something that nobody else would know. So I'm not trying to poo-poo what you're saying. Because I think that you're absolutely right. That the rational thing to do is to do that. To call the sister, to talk about it through FaceTime first, maybe. Yeah. Now, they're all 18. Yeah. 17 and 18. And I think there's a lot to be said for thinking in the moment in general... By giving a little bit of allowance for not really thinking clearly and rationally enough, you know, when they're looking for a magic dagger and stuff. Yeah, but they know it's in the police station. Yep. And you would think, how are we going to get in the police station? Hey, we know someone personally who has access to the yep. entirety of the police station. Mel- John, there's uh, about 30 minutes left, or 25 minutes? Yeah, yeah. 25 I, minutes I suppose movie the movie left. would end in an hour if they did something yep. rational. Well, that's the way it is in most, most movies in general, horror and comedy. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> We're an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> Maybe we should wait until my hand is not bigger than your whole face. <laughs> Millie is getting it on in Vince Vaughn's body. With her high school crush. They've, like, he just was, like, they're, like, the crush was in the front seat, Millie's in the back seat. By the way, Vince Vaughn in the back seat of any vehicle is insane. I just hope this kid is, like, over 18 playing a teen. Because they just kissed in the back seat! Otherwise, it's Vince Vaughn taking advantage of a teenage boy. And he's, like, and it's, like, is it, how weird is it that I'm going to kiss you right now? It's very Technically... It's you kissing a mass murderer with yellow teeth. It's very, very weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so there's two movies happening right now. Like, one is the teen rom-com, and the other is, like, the slasher film. Yeah. But I feel like we had most of the slasher stuff already, and I really don't want any of the teen rom-com people to die. So, I really don't know how many people people are going to die. We don't have that much. We have 30 minutes. Oh, 25 minutes left. Yep. So much pressure. Now, okay. Now, the the friend, the female friend has been caught in the um, prison, or in prison, in the jail, trying to steal the knife by the sister. Yep. Meanwhile, in the house, uh, the male friend uh, has, like, been caught by the mother who's come home early and seeing Millie tied up in the chair, Millie murderer tied up in the chair. Um, and so the, he cu- tries to come out as straight to his mother and to say that it was a sex thing. And yeah. she's like, there are many things, but straight is not one of them. Yeah. And so she wants him to, to untie her. But then, of course, a giant knife is procured. And suddenly we have uh, we are on the run. Uh, Millie murderer is on the run trying to kill dude and his mom uh, in the house are all holed up. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of yes. threads in the air. 
And they're trying to call the other friend who was at the jail with the cop. Yep. Lots of things are happening. It's a mix-up. Yep. It's a big mix-up. Big mix-up. Millie is killing everybody. Well, most of the football team so far. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do too well on the football team after this. Uh, no, probably not. So, uh, th- the football players that have been bu- bullying her... Uh, she goes up and one of them says, oh, you want to go and bone me now, basically? So she follows him and there's two other football players and they basically tell her they're going to gang rape her. They're going to make her airtight. They're going to make her airtight. She got three holes and three, they got three peeners. Yep. Well, guess what? Their heads are no longer attached to their bodies. Well. Well, one of them. One of them lost One of them had a bottle to the head, the other a bottle shard to the neck, and the other had a A chainsaw to the groin. Which is a very convenient, because she's convinced them all to go have a party at the old mill, which is her house. Yeah, where no one will think to go. No one will think to go. I mean, the cops are here now looking for them, uh, because what they did manage to do was throw the sister in, the cop sister, into the jail. Yeah. Which but, is like, you could have taken two minutes, but they actually don't have that much time. They only have like 12, 13 minutes left. Uh, and the killer did steal a police car. Yeah. They have 13 minutes left, but 18 minutes left of the movie. <coughs> so it's like in real time. It's in real time. So um, in any case, though, uh, we get the same kind of move where, uh, what's this? I should know the kid, but the, the gay kid goes up to one of the football guys. is like, hey, have you seen Millie? And the guy's like drunk. He's like... I know, yeah, I know she is following me. And he does the same exact thing that the other guy does, the other football guy does, and try to be creepy rapey, except with him. Yeah. And he's like, if you ever tell anyone me, Epsler, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna kill you, blah blah blah. And then suddenly an, a big fish hook comes out of the wall and stabs him in the eye. Yep. So basically Millie is killing lots of people, but she's only killing shitty people, right, so far. That's kind of what happens in most horror movies. I mean, some of the people are not as shitty. I mean, I guess, like, the least shitty person, I would say it's going from least to more shitty, right? Where it's, like, the three rapists and the other creepy rapist football player are all kind of equal. But, like, the, you know, the shop teacher's a dick. Definitely deserved it. But the the phone girl, she's kind of homophobic a little bit, I guess. Yeah. She's used the words like um, clam slammers. Yep. What was the other one? I don't remember. Oh, she's vegetarian. Yep. Yeah, so maybe that's why she deserves to go. Okay, go let the dog in and then we'll finish this movie. Holy fuck. Yeah, she ends up pretty badass, huh? She does end up pretty badass. So, the... Movie has a great ending, so I just had to get over it. So, the movie kind of has two endings. Yeah. Right? So, as we've been saying, there's like these two movies that are going on at the same time. There's the kind of funny, you know, rom com thing, and there's also the horror movie that's happening at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so, in the slasher movie, um, Cute Boy had said way earlier on that he always likes to put his fo- his phone his uh, watch 5 minutes ahead to save time. But yeah. this was like way 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 earlier on in the movie. Um, and later on gives her his watch Vince Vaughn her his watch with the timer set for midnight. So when yeah. they're about to kill her or stab the knife and the, the two friends have run up and to help her uh, hold down the Millie murderer Millie body. Um, Vince Vaughn's watch goes off. They think they've lost but then he remembers that 
the yep. five minute thing. So then well, they, they stab her. They didn't hear the chime. There's a town hear... bell that goes yeah. off at midnight. So they didn't hear the chime. So then they stab her, and then the dude, uh, their friend says, "Kill that son of a bitch! Shoot him!" <laughs> and so all the cops, the Barney Fife's come running up and shoot him a few times, but I guess not in the heart because then no, it looks like they got him in the sho- the back and yeah. the shoulders. But... So then he and so Vince Vaughn is now evil Vince Vaughn again, um, and he is in an ambulance going to the hospital. Millie is in the back of an ambulance, uh, you know, kissing that boy. Yeah. And then she goes home. Vince Vaughn dies, quote unquote, but the um, thing falls off his finger because he's actually alive, obviously. Yep. Um, and then Millie is feeling really creeped out at the house. She's like cuddling her mom, and her sister says bye, good night, and says I love you, blah blah blah. And guess who's in the house? Well, she goes, and the door is open. The door is open. And we know what's going on. So the movie yeah. went from so that was the fun teen ending with the kiss. So then there's another 10 minutes or five minutes of the movie with a lot more intense things, like super intense. I felt like it was at the same level as the the horror in the beginning. Yeah. When it's like we're back to Vince Bond being the bad guy. But then there's a really interesting moment between them where like they know things about each other from being in each other's bodies. And one of the things is Millie's anxiety. Yep. Because anxiety, it's not like a spiritual soul thing. It's a straight up... Like, it is a physiological yeah. thing. It's psychological in, in, in many ways, but in a lot of ways, it's just your it's body. your brain and your brain chemistry, which is part of your body. Yeah, which is something that I'm going to be taking pretty soon. Just a shout out to Citalopram, which is my crazy pill. Okay. Um, it's not a crazy pill. It's for uh, just evening out that anxiety stuff. So my normal level of anxiety was super duper high before taking meds. Um, and it was meeting you that I finally felt confident enough to start taking meds. Once COVID started, I just couldn't handle uh, the 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 anxiety was to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently a lot of people got on meds over COVID, but I just take a nice slow dose of Telepram, and it just kind of keeps that anxiety way way down. Not way way down. It just added what I think normal humans have. I probably st- oh you made a face. I'm probably still a little bit more wired up than other people. Probably well. I don't know what a normal human level of anxiety is. You I'm, don't have it at I'm all. I'm probably lower than normal. I'm definitely not at John level of anxiety free, but I no. feel like if I were, had your level of anxiety free, I wouldn't be myself. Probably not. I'd be like Stone Trish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, you know, Vince Vaughn tells her, like, you know, I, it was so weak being in your body and blah, blah, blah. And drunk mom, and you're just a weaker version of your sister. But, like, drunk mom has been slamming his head with bottles and hitting them. And, like, and yeah. sister has been coming up with the gun, which has no bullets, of course. But she's punching him and stuff like that, taking punches. And then Millie comes in here and stabs him through the back like a wow. freaking vampire. Before that, she tells him his weakness. Oh, yeah. She learned his weakness while being in his body. Balls. Balls. And she hits him in the balls. Yes. Would you, would you say that's that sure weakness too? <laughs> it's every man's weakness. Is that a little punch? It sucks. I have accidentally hit you in the balls a couple times, and I apologize sometimes. All the children have. Yeah. I remember that was something I had said as a dad. I was like, I didn't know that being a dad meant you're going to get hit in the balls at least once a week. <laughs> and now but. we have five cats. Well, the cats have never hit me in the balls. Really? Oh. Oh well, Loki, come it's- here, attack. I found a soft spot for you to land. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, very good movie. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot. The the um, 
horror stuff was really top notch. I oh, wish yeah. I, I wish I would have had more of it, but but cutting the wood chop teacher in half with the buzzsaw was really Yeah, nice. I actually looked away for that one. Um but and the I did the tennis racket at the beginning. Uh, with the blood coming down from the tennis racket and like oh he broke the tennis racket into put it back together inside of his head (laughs) that's great so what's your grossest corner oh probably the chainsaw into the groin okay mine was the ice hook to the eye okay i could see that and it's not just because it's eye stuff but i don't think it was like disgusting i don't think i think that the um the meanness and the teasing was gross in a way that's like from what you're telling me, it doesn't even sound like it was that over the top. She's just kind of a bullied kid. Um, there's these like football players that are kind of rapey that try to rape her. That was pretty gross. That was a uh, you know statutory corner, I guess. Um, oh, I just saw the picture of this when it yeah. came back. There's no special scenes at the end of it, but there's a great uh, picture of Vince Vaughn holding a phone, being her, being Millie, and then Millie, Millie Vaughn. Yeah, Millie Murderer holding a chainsaw, looking like a badass. I have to say that Hero Alert, Claire, the actress that play, the main actress in this, was just astounding. Yeah, she did a really good job. She's actually better in this than she was in Supernatural. But I think a part of the difficulty of her in Supernatural is that she was a child and she was playing a petulant teen. Yeah. And so she was a petulant teen playing a petulant teen. I don't know if she's in real life a petulant teen, but. So I didn't really as much care for her character, but I wonder if she got her like her like acting chops in that, and this must be one of her first movies. Yeah. No, it's not because no. she was in a, like the Ebbing. Uh, blah blah blah. This blah. might have been her first starring role though. Yeah, yeah, but she was just really fantastic, and Vince Vaughn. I really want to see him as like Kane Hodder, in the in the Kane Hodder biopic. I want to see Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he knew how to play big. Oh, that's my drug alarm. I'm going to leave that in. People know the truth. Yeah. Sorry, oh, you are saying? Nothing. And I want to get a brew in there. Even yeah. though it's it's a work night, so I'm not drinking. Yeah. But I am drinking something that is brewed. I'm taking meds. I'm drinking GT Synergy Rock Kombucha. Ooh. I love this stuff. Can't check it if you're pregnant. I drink it like every day. It is yeah. awesome. Because it's got booze in it. It, well, it does actually have a very, very small amount of alcohol, but ah, I really, I really love drugs, especially the ginger aid and the trilogy. You know, delicious. the ginger aid was pretty cool. We, we ran into a guy that was selling, um, I'm taking more meds. I'm taking vitamins. Um, we ran into a fellow that was selling, um, a local, uh, kombucha, which we're not going to name cause it wasn't very good. Yeah. I mean, I don't really care for kombucha and I could tell that that was just some weak sauce. Yeah. But anyway... He's asking. He was asking you what your favorite was, and when you said the ginger aid from Synergy, is it? Yeah, GT Synergy. The look on his face, he totally fell, and he's like, "Yeah, we don't try to make that flavor because that's kind of perfect." Yeah, and it is too. Yeah, my brewer's brew was a brewer's brew. Yeah, you mentioned that one already. I know. I oh. just wanted to remind the people. Um, and it's been a pretty wild, uh, wild weekend. We got back from Georgia. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, and so we came home to a very messy kitchen because we had our we have had some people working on our house and they tore out the ceiling in the kitchen and all the the insulation and stuff was a blowing insulation and that is just if you have a speck of grease anywhere or water that insulation just coats it so you you and I spent the last 
like the the weekend cleaning. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and then uh, today I had a full day of work. You worked full day last night. Yeah. You got good solid four hours of sleep yesterday. Yeah. No wonder you're so perky today. Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> little tired still. A little tie tie. Yeah. Well, tomorrow I have a busy day. I'm gonna be driving all around the peninsula. I don't. I'm gonna try to talk my daughter into going to her appointment on her own, which is like a quarter of a mile away. So far. The other kid walks it, but. Yeah, maybe the other kid can be the older brother that is nice and walks her his sister to. Yeah. Well, I hope that that happens too. We'll see. I'm gonna be all over the place and doing all kinds of things for Aflac. And fingers crossed, I'm gonna sleep. And fingers crossed that you're gonna sleep now. We have something special. For next week? For next week. A very special episode of, of, uh, of Up To and Including Death. Yeah, we have a guest star. We have a guest star by the name of Stephen Malone Gross. Oh. My eldest brother. Yes. Very elder. He <laughs> <laughs> I like He's that. younger than you. Yes, he is. Yes. So, Stephen uh, was the officiant at our wedding. Yeah, he did a great job. He did do a great job. It was really sweet when our youngest came up and, and actually went up to us. It was, like, was at dinner at one point, and she, and she says, what does it mean when two flesh become one? <laughs> yeah. Like, nine's a little early. Yeah. But, I mean, I did have the period talk with her, but we're going to wait for the uh, two flesh become one talk. Yeah. We gave a PG version of it, but but it was really, you know, really amazing uh, service that he did at our wedding. Um, and then, of course, he's a great fun brother. And so we recorded on Tybee Island, Georgia, in the evenings with Stephen, two episodes. Yep. Both of which we recorded with our my grandmother, who is 90, and has it's got a little bit of the dementia, yeah. you know, a lot of it. Um, and so Nana's kind of in the background. I don't, I think I'm going to try to edit most of it out. Um, but she's really cute, yeah. but it was at night. Now there's a crying dog in the background of our current house. Yeah, It's after nine. So she's looking for bedtime. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I put her to bed at nine fifteen yesterday. It's nine Oh four. So she's like begging for it, but let's finish this up. So, uh, what are we going to be watching next time? We are going to be watching return of the living dead. Return of the living dead with big brother, Steve. Yeah. Your new brother. Yeah. Your brother-in-law. You went from having four brothers to... You had four brothers, right? Yeah. Now you went from having four to having eight. Yeah. And now you've got, like, two more sister-in-laws. Isn't that cool? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. So many brothers. So many guys running around. So, anyway, um, so Stephen is going to be there. It's going to be really fun. I Do you think we should show the... I don't think we need to watch the preview for this. We've already no, chosen it. We've already watched it and chosen it, so... So now that it's been about a week since we recorded about a week ago, um, what do you think people need to do to prepare themselves for Night of the Living Dead? Not Night of the Living Dead. Return no, of the Living Return Dead. Return of the Living Dead. They should watch Return of the Living Dead. They should definitely watch Return of the Living Dead. It's a great film. It is a great film. And then uh, you can reach out to us at up to and including death at gmail.com. Ooh, but what if they like like want to get to us on our socials and tell us about their experience uh, watching it? can find us our handle on all major socials are up to and id with the number two. Oh, that's pretty cool but what if they're not into that hey you could just go to the website at up to and including death.com and all of our contact information is there well that sounds pretty nifty <laughs> nifty yeah, nifty it's very nifty 50 nifty united states wait it's 50 nifty united states i don't know what you're talking when about when i was younger 
There's this, like, you know, sign that goes, 50 Nifty United States. It sounds awful. It is, like, one of those songs. But then when I was a kid, I was like, but if we let Puerto Rico become a state, then we won't be able to have that song anymore because kids are idiots, and I was one, too, at one point in time. But um, it's not that great of a song, so it doesn't matter. 51, schmifty one, United States. We could do that. If they wanted to be a state. Okay, I just moved the computer for no reason, so I made a bit of a sound. Uh, should we wrap up, you think? Yeah, I think we're good. Well, what's there left to do? Uh, stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. Hi there. Welcome to The Secret Track by Trish. John's sleeping in the next room, so I thought I'd go ahead and tell you how you can contact us. Please email up to and including death at gmail.com. Hit us up on our socials up to an ID at just about everywhere. That is two with the number two. And if you have a moment, it would be great if you could review us on iTunes or anywhere else. I'd also like to thank Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middles of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice, it's uh, copyrighted 2017, licensed under Creative Commons Attributions share like license and i'm gonna go ahead and add the link to this to the show notes thank you stefan and thank you listeners goodbye